We'd like to welcome you guys back to the My Day Off podcast. We have made it to episode six. I need to stop saying that. Like every episode is an accomplishment. That's the expectation. Another episode. Here we are. I have one of my good friends here. Her name is Laurel. Say hello, Laurel. Hi. She, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks First for having form. me. Oh my gosh. Anytime you want to be on, you are more than welcome to. So we have been talking a lot about establishing a sense of belonging in a new city. And I want to bookend this whole series by having you on. So I'm super honored that you're here and I cannot wait to dive in. So Laurel, we're going to start off with a few questions. What is your favorite thing to do? Ooh, that's a really broad question. Uh, I have several things that I really like doing. Uh, I like to go hiking, mm. one of them. Uh, really like to be outside. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy drinking coffee. It mm. Is Caffeine is probably in my bloodstream by now. What kind of coffee? Hmm. Well, a lot of times I just drink black coffee, but we'll always like to add a couple shots of espresso to also, you know, zhuzh it up a little. That's fair. I cannot blame you for that. So you moved to Charlotte when? I moved to Charlotte in October of 2013. Oh my gosh. So I know we've talked about it before. And I think I asked you earlier to confirm when you moved, but I didn't realize it was October of 2013. Yes. So I came in December of 2013. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I knew you were a couple months after me. So there's only so many months after October. That's true. There's not many after that. So how did you end up in Charlotte? Kind of on a whim, to be honest. On a whim. I grew up in New Jersey. I went to school we outside. Tell. Okay. <laughs> I went to school outside Philadelphia. And upon graduation, uh, had a few different job offers. You know, I had one in Philadelphia to stay there, which would have been a safe option, right? All my friends were still staying there. Um, I had another one in Charleston, South Carolina, which was also kind of safe because I had interned there the summer before and I had family that lived there. And then I also had a random job offer in Charlotte as well. Uh, I had never been to Charlotte before but I just kind of felt like I needed to go. And so oddly enough, I accepted a job to a city I had never been to before. I had Google imaged Charlotte and saw the skyline and I said, hmm, that looks cool. I think I'll go. Wait, 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 wait. You Google imaged Charlotte. Yeah. And it looked cool. So that was a selling point. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm speechless right now. What? Doesn't happen often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, both times in the last 24 hours have happened in this house. So at this exact table. At this same table. There's something special about this table. Wow. So you Google image Charlotte and you decided, oh yeah, that looks cool. I'm going to go. Did anyone around you say, what? You know, I'm sure they probably did. I didn't really take it in or notice it. I was really set on starting something new. I was really excited just for a new chapter in my life. And I thought if I was going to move to a new city at any point in time, this was the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So going into it ahead of time, I was really, really just had a lot of positive emotions about it up front before actually getting to Charlotte. I really was only excited and happy and really couldn't wait to start. 
Mm, yep, yep. So you moved here. When, when did you get that job offer? Was there a buffer time between when you got the offer and when you moved? Yeah, so I had a job offer. It was, I want to say, a full about a full year before. Probably about... What? November of 2012 because it was still first semester of my senior year. Oh my gosh. So you knew this move was going to happen for a year. Pretty well. Yeah, I did. So how did you mentally prep yourself to know that a year from now or a year from then you're going to move away? What was that like? I really didn't to be honest. Okay, and that was, did, she did not you know, prep herself. Probably, okay. you know, part of the problem when I got here, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, yeah, I didn't really prep myself. I, you know, was so excited to have a job offer. Uh, so early on in my senior year and I kind of just went through finishing the semester, you know, senior year, a lot going on. Um, you know, had some, big projects, you know, trying to finish up exams, all that stuff. And so I honestly didn't really think about it all that often. Did you have friends in Charlotte when you moved here? No, I didn't know a single person. You didn't know anybody in Charlotte? Not a single soul. So friends, just so you know that this is not contrived, I'm learning this as you're learning this. And I've known you now since what, 2014, right? I had yeah, to I believe we met the beginning of 2014. Had, had to have. So I'm surprised this is the first time this is any of this is coming up. I am shocked, really. So, okay, you moved here to Charlotte with no friends, didn't really have an understanding of the city. What was it like emotionally when you moved here? A lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm very interested in this. Please tell me. I'm, well, we've been spending time talking about this, so. You know, here I was. Uh, I had you know, just turned 22, had never had, this was my first entrance into quote unquote, the real world. Right. So I never had any type of, I mean, I had interned places, but that's not the same as working a super corporate job. Right. So this was my first experience in the real world. My first experience, uh, living on my own really, that wasn't with, within the safety constraints of a college. Uh, you know, I didn't have anyone around me. I didn't know anyone, Um, and at the time I didn't think it was that bad because when I went to college, I said, well, I didn't have any friends when I went to college and that was easy. Uh, but I didn't really take into account how different that would be because, you know, freshman year of college, everyone's sitting around, you know, looking to make friends. And Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different as, you know, as an adult, when you move to a new city, trying to meet people, how do you meet people? You know, I didn't work with anyone my age. So it was, it was a really tough transition. How did you start making friends? Great question. <laughs> um, so really my first friend in Charlotte was my friend Kelly. And we met in a very odd way. I had a random roommate that I that I got paired with. And um, so it was basically through her and through her friends that I met Kelly. Um, we were we wound up just really hitting it off. And so she really became my first friend in Charlotte. She had moved to, she had moved here, I think about a year before I did. So she had a little bit of a better lay of the land than I did. Um, and so she, we were able to, you know, just get to know each other and things like that, but that didn't happen probably until spring Maybe summer of 2014. So we're talking October 2013 until spring, summer of 2014. You didn't really have a peer your age or a peer that you could say is your friend. No, I was 
sadly, incredibly lonely at that point in time. Okay, take us back. I know, so the last couple episodes, I have talked a lot about my own personal experience. And at this point, I'm so tired of hearing myself talk about my story. Tell me, what, what was that like? You mentioned that it was a lonely feeling, but I imagine that there's a host of emotions that you felt from October until when you, when you started becoming friends with Kelly. Take me through the, those emotions that you felt. Yeah, so um, I think that there's a lot more room for all of your inner thoughts and your fears to kind of come to the surface when you're alone so much, right? So, you know, I would go to work and I would come home and it would just be me in my apartment room and trying to figure out how to attack this thing called life, you know? Um, You know, trying to not only figure out how to work a eight to five job, Um, but also figure out, you know, how to budget and, um, you know, how to cook and what's that. And I have to go food shopping. What, you know, all Mm -hmm. these different things, um, trying to figure out and just constantly feeling and questioning if I'm doing the right thing. Um, you know, all of my friends from college were all still in the same area. So it was really hard to see them doing things together all the time. And I just felt really left out and really lonely and just incredibly isolated. Um, and it was also just a really, uh, a turning point in my life, I think also because, uh, there was a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that I didn't realize uh, I had kind of pushed down and shoved down for so long. So being alone by myself for so, so much time really brought all of those raw and vulnerable emotions right to the surface. Yeah. I think there's something about solitude that makes you have to face all of those really hard things. For When I moved to Columbia in 2011, that was the first experience that I had away from home. And a couple of episodes I mentioned, there was one night I sat in a coffee shop and it was, it was completely filled with people and I felt alone and I was uncontrollably crying and there was nobody around to console me, no one really paying attention. And so that was a, I will never, I will never forget that moment because of what, I don't know. It's just hard when you feel that vulnerable around people and, and yet nobody, nobody's around and then you're, you're having to deal with your own stuff and it's amazing to me that you can have a lot of a, a lot of zeal, I suppose, for wanting to move, and you move, and then suddenly that excitement it wears off really quickly. Yeah, it drops real quick. Yeah, I was the same. I was twenty two when I moved as well, thinking, oh, I can handle anything, and then I make it to South Carolina, and I realize, oh my gosh, this is this is a lot harder than I thought it would be, and. The emotional aspect of that, even though I feel so far removed from that at this point in my life, I won't, I won't ever forget it. So for me, the lowest point for sure happened at, when I was at that coffee shop. But I cried a lot more than just at that time. you know. And I remember the first time somebody had coffee with me when I lived in Columbia. This person encouraged me in such a way that I was moved to tears because I felt like finally somebody, somebody that cares, you know? So for, I guess my question to you, what, what's that moment? Do you remember any moment from October of 2013 until spring, summer, whenever you started, whenever you met Kelly that felt like your lowest moment? Wow. There's really not one that I can pinpoint exactly. There was a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of just emotional 
roller coasters that felt really incredibly just so draining, right? Um, it's also interesting because someone who felt so incredibly lonely and was so wanting, um, you know, just a sense of community and people around her, uh, you know, I, I, I was looking for churches at the time and was kind of church hopping, wasn't really sure about what I was looking for. I just knew that I felt lost and I was looking for something. And then I did eventually find a church um, that I did really like, but I didn't try to make friends there either. Uh, yeah. I, I think I was so just unsure and really scared and just was so... I don't want to say self-deprecating, but in a certain sense, kind of, you know, not really sure I was living up to standards or, um, you know, wasn't really sure how to, how to make myself seem likable. You know, I was in such a low place that even though I craved nothing more than community, I wasn't even, I didn't even know how to go about that. So, you know, people at this church would invite me to lunch and invite me to go places with them. And I would just politely turn turn them down because I just was fearful of that almost. Mm, yeah, I. It's funny that that you mentioned that because I actually remember. I, it, you actually brought this to my mind where I would hang out with people or start. I would start to hang out with people when I when I first moved, and but even though in those hangouts, I felt like a shell of myself. You know, you ever have those moments yeah. where you're with yeah, people and you know that you can be more, you can be yourself, but yet you don't even know how to how to function as a person because mm-hmm. you're in such a deep hole emotionally that it seems like you can't, you can't really just climb out of that. That's yeah. that's it's, the ugly part of moving, right? It is, yeah. And I mean, it sounds so silly to say that that's a part of moving, but it really can be, especially you know, starting over and mm-hmm. um, you know, especially coming from a place where you really felt like you had your people, right? And yeah. so then kind of just uprooting and going to something so different, I don't think that, you know, when you're, I don't think we take into account the emotional toll that moving has yeah. and the idea of starting over and what that looks like. Yeah, I I completely agree. I, uh, <laughs> I found myself wondering a lot over the past Several months, because I, first of all, I think that my friends here have this sneaky suspicion that I'm going to suddenly move, and I'm not. I'm really not. However, I, I have found myself thinking, can I, can I work up this kind of energy again to move? And I can't. Oh, I definitely can't. I'm 31 now, and I can, I can proudly say that, well, unashamedly say that there's no way that I can work up that kind of emotional energy unless I just felt like that's what I had to do. And there's no getting around that, you know? But I would never wish that upon myself again. Oh, neither would I. I don't know how people... Definitely not. I, right? Oh, I yeah, mean, let's be alone. Let, like, I, let me feel loneliness for the next year of my life. Who, yeah, who I mean, for that? not me, that's oh, for sure. No, uh, you know, no. but I do think it's interesting when people you know, chase their career aspirations and, um, I mean, power to them that, you know, they move from city to city and across the globe and, you know, they follow, um, you know, their career aspirations or, you know, other aspirations they may have and they have to start over each time. And I look at them and with a small amount of admiration that, wow, I mean, look at all the, the willpower and the energy they have to do so, but also with a little bit of a saddened heart for them as well, knowing that, 
every few years that they're starting over and picking up and putting everything in a box and all of their physical things and all their belongings, but also all of their emotions and their, all their fears and all that stuff comes with them. Right. I think a lot of times people believe that any insecurity that you feel when you live in your current city, if you move somewhere else, you're never, you're not going to feel those things again. Well, I think that was partially part of the reason why I moved, right? I was Mm. looking, I was so longing for a new start, a fresh chapter, a new page, uh, whatever anecdote you want to use. Yeah. Uh, But actually when I got here, I realized those, all those things were still with me and I really had to, to really learn how to unpack them and deal with them. Um, Otherwise they were going to continue to stay. Now in the middle of, feeling so alone and having to process through things that that existed pre that were pre-existing things but you had shoved underneath how did you how did you process through those emotions without help without help from people in charlotte because you knew anyone yeah so honestly i really wouldn't be the person i am today without uh the amazing counselor that i had saw for a period of well several years but at that point in my life, when I had first moved to Charlotte, um, I started seeing her uh, within a month of me moving here, and she was really so impactful in helping me go through and process these things. Because I can guarantee that without her helping me, you know, realize patterns and things that I was doing, um, I really wouldn't be the person I am today. Yeah. Did you? have this moment and I'm only asking because it's something that I experienced after after a while actually not that long after I moved the first time to Columbia I really had to deal with the emotions of believing firmly believing that my life as I knew it was was over and that I would never ever see progress in this new situation I would never ever make friends I would never get to do the things that I felt passionate about doing. I thought for a second that I had to bottle all those things up. And it's crazy to think about now because the benefit of perspective is that you can see the mountains that you were able to climb and it, it doesn't seem as daunting if you're looking back at them, right? That It seems daunting when you're yeah. looking up at them. hindsight's the always twenty twenty. Right, exactly, exactly. So, I don't know, I... I wonder, I wonder, did you have those moments where you felt that way too, that, that it would never, ever get past that point where you were able to make friends and feel a sense of community? Yes and no. Okay. On one hand, uh, I did feel like that would never happen, right? Mm-hmm. Listening to all these just lies in my head about, uh, you know, not sure I was doing all right or I was doing the right things or that I wasn't measuring up to the adultingness that I was supposed to be doing, right? But on the other hand, um, there was something just really, just something inside of me that was really kind of just reassuring that I was in the place that I was supposed to be in. Hmm. I can relate to that. I, I felt that way too, but I, I battled that so much because what I saw did not feel like it measured up to what I thought it should look like. Mm, yeah, and th- and that can be really hard. Um, I, I do remember, actually, one specific turning point. Um, yeah. One of the, I mean, one thing that I do like to do, uh, I haven't done as much recently, but um, 
drawing and painting is something that I've always been a way to express myself. For real? Yeah. And so... I didn't know that. That's why I asked for real. (laughs) Not that I thought you were incapable of doing such things. No, you definitely thought I was incapable. You gave me like the one eye stare. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) Leave me alone. To be fair. uh, It was a little shocking. Anyway. um, So, but I do remember one point in time where I felt really... I had been having a really low point and, um, you know, I had realized that I wasn't really doing anything to better myself yeah. in the aspect of, I wasn't thinking of Charlotte as my home. I was mm. thinking it, thinking of Charlotte as, uh, like a temporary place of residence. And so I do remember, you know, like you said, having a very tearful night. Um, I, and I drew, uh, the Charlotte skyline and it was on, you know, a little like patch of ground and you could see the ground under it. And I just drew like tree roots under the city. Um, and so I just really felt like that was a moment in time where I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to move forward and if I'm going to, if anything is going to change, I need to make the decision of establishing my roots here. Yeah. And Uh, So I do remember that being actually a turning point in my thought process and in the way I went about things. So instead of always saying no, learning how to slowly let people in. And that can be hard, um, you know, especially when you're holding all these emotions so close and close to your heart. But learning to have healthy boundaries, but also let people in that want to, that want to support you and are, are good, you know? So learning those boundaries between toxic relationships and people versus healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is a process learning how to trust people in an entirely new situation. It's easy when it's an old situation because you have history with people. Absolutely. Obviously, these people in the past are trustworthy because they're still in my life, but I'm in a new situation and I don't know if this person is for me or against me or just wants something from me. I get that. How did you, yeah. how were you able to discern who was in your corner and who was actually just toxic? Yeah. What did that look like for you? Because new situation, you're having to juggle that. Yeah, it was definitely really hard, uh, you know, because part of me always wants to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? I want to, you know, think people are trustworthy and then they're friendly and that they're genuine, genuinely good people, right? Uh, So having to really think about, well, does this person seem to have my best interest at heart? And that, that sounds a little selfish, but more so not like, you know, are they going to do all these things for me, but more or less Are they is their you? heart for me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, that is for sure a process. I, I feel like I've struck gold in my life several times, but there every now and then there's people and you're like, yep, nope, this person's probably not for me. And it's better to distance yourself. I mean, it's good to give people chances, right? But once it's apparent that somebody is not good for you, Right. But that's a whole nother, wow. I don't yeah, that's a different topic. <laughs> How we, I'm not, I wasn't ready for that topic, my gosh. But I, I can remember when I moved to Charlotte, not long after I moved, 
I saw the skyline. It's a very similar thing. You painted the skyline. I, I don't think I've ever told you this story, but you know where the CPCC parking garage is? I do. So I remember one night I got on that parking garage. It was pretty early in my living in Charlotte process. I got on top of the parking garage. I looked at the, at the Charlotte skyline and I legitimately felt my heart being inclined toward that city. Hmm. That oddly sounds very familiar. Yep. Yeah, and to break it down even further, I felt like God was saying that he was giving me a heart for the city of Charlotte. That Mm -hmm. was the first ever turning point. I felt when I moved to Charlotte, that is, that I knew, okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just fine. So did this event start your love of parking garages? Oh, that was a good Yeah, it did. It (laughs) it did. I don't think I had really been on parking garages before. Or I I wasn't as enamored with that. Because the thing about CPCC's parking garage is that it looks directly at the skyline. It does. It does have a great view. It does. Yeah, there's not a lot of skylines that I've encountered that are like that. Now, I've always enjoyed the idea of seeing things from a higher perspective. But I would say, yeah, that's where the love of parking garages came from. And so... Nowadays, when I go to that particular parking garage, it's not because I just love, I, yes, I do love that parking garage, but I've been up there so many times. I don't go there because I'm enamored by the view as much, but for me, it's always a marker of, wow, this is what I remember when I, when I moved here at first, and I need to be reminded, okay, I have, this is my city. I want to have a heart for this city, and, my, and it's always great for me because I realize every single time that my heart for the city has not changed. And I've yeah. been up there with many people over the years, and every time it's just such a sweet experience to have to be up there and to look out and just remember and also anticipate what's to come in the city. So, yeah, I did not foresee us going that direction either. But that's so crazy how your turning point revolved around painting the skyline, and my turning point revolved around looking at the skyline. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I think. I do think that there's something really special about the Charlotte skyline and, you know, maybe that's just me being emotional about it, but, um, I, I do think it's, there is something just really special about it. Um, you know, it, the, the skyline view is not a huge view, right? It's not like looking at the Chicago or New York or Philadelphia, anything like that, but there is something so inviting and, just so personable about it that it really just does feel like home. Yeah, I I agree. And I would even say whenever I look at it, I'm always reminded that this is what I've been entrusted with. Mm, You know, there's a a verse in Psalm, it's either 16 or 17. I really was not trying to bring the the Bible into this discussion today, but it's, you cannot hide from, from what you believe in, who you are, but... It says that surely, surely the boundaries have fallen in pleasant places, and somewhere else in the, it's somewhere else in there, David says, "This is my inheritance. This is my lot. This is my portion." Something along those lines, and I think that captures exactly how I feel about Charlotte. This is my, this is my inheritance. This is what I have been entrusted with, and so it's honestly so hard for me to leave Charlotte sometimes because, a, I have FOMO, and so. Yeah, people are doing things and I'm gone. I'm Don't like, want to be left out. I should. Yeah, I want to be a part of it. But secondly, I think that when when you have a heart for something, it's automatically hard to leave it. I mean, you and you and Kieran have been married for what two and a half years now. Yep. Oh my gosh! Wow. 
I know time flies when you're having fun. That makes me feel old because I remember. Yeah. Anyway, I remember you're your wedding like old. it was yesterday. What? Eh, you're a little old. I'm a. I am a little old. <laughs> I revealed my age earlier, so I can't even hide from that anymore. But I would imagine when when you have to go out of town, it's hard to leave because a part of your heart is here. Right. I mean, there's always something depending on what the trip is, of course, you know, something always exciting about going on a trip or a vacation. Um, but for me, it's not so much the leaving part, but it's always the coming back Mm. that is really, you know, when that plane comes into the Charlotte Douglas airport and, you know, it flies right over that skyline again, there's something that's just so calming. And so just a sigh of relief, like, ah, I'm home now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm always upset when I'm on the side of the plane that does not have the skyline view. Now, what is this field? Oh, Lord. But whenever I do see the skyline, yeah, I feel the exact same way. I'm, it's and me anticipating landing and being back where I know is my home, where I belong. So, yeah, I, I to this day get emotional when I talk about Charlotte because I didn't always feel this way. I didn't always, it was similar to what you said for me, I had to make this, the decision to say, this is my home. And yeah, it's okay to miss places I've lived before, right? But if I believe that I've been put here for a reason, I have to not only believe that in theory, but I actually have to act like I, I believe it. You know, I have to Absolutely. allow my actions to, to follow behind what I believe. So yeah, how did you, when you moved here, did you keep up with friends back at home much? I talked a little bit about that in my last episode, how maintaining community with, with people who don't live here is also important as you're establishing yourself in a new city because you need you got to have a bridge from the past to the, to the present to the future, in my opinion. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. I've definitely still kept in touch over the years. Um, you know, I, a lot of my family still lives up in those areas as well. Um, so I do frequently go up and visit, um, whether that be the New Jersey area or up to New York to see some family members or towards the Philly area to see some friends. Um, you know, there's always another visit planned. Um, and there's still that community there, uh, which I do think is important. Um, but for me, I knew that I wasn't going to live in those places. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. And I think we're lucky, though, because we live in an age where maintaining friendships, maintaining relationship with family is a lot easier than it once was. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can FaceTime my right. cousins or, you know, talk to an old friend or, you know, shoot a text very easily, you yep. know chat on social media and, you know, kind of keep up with their lives, uh, based on all their postings and things like that. So it definitely is easier to stay connected. You're right. I have to admit, I have a hard time having empathy for people who don't know how to do that because I'm like, Oh, I struggle with it too. This is so easy. You just send a text or you just make a phone call randomly. I mean, when I, before I got here, I was talking to one of my best friends, he lives in Chicago. And so if you can call, I don't know. I just feel like it's all about how much you want to maintain relationship with people. It's really, oh, sorry. For I'm sure. not going to, I'm going to get off that high horse. Different topic for yes. another day, and another podcast. Oh my, I don't, I don't know. People will think, oh, Henry, you are, you have a lot of thoughts. A lot of about opinions. It. Yeah, I do have a lot of opinions about that, but you know what? It's okay. So I want to shift a little bit into if you, if you were to tell someone else, in the same situation that you were in back in 2013, 
what are some of the takeaways that you came away with that you would want to tell them about moving and yeah, if you had to think of three things, three words of advice, three words of wisdom. Yeah, that's a great question. I haven't thought about this for myself. Yeah. So um, let's anything. see. So I think the first thing that I would tell someone that was moving to a new city, especially a city where they didn't know anyone, uh, I, I would tell them that it is equal parts exciting and terrifying, right? So, you know, I talked a little bit about how all these emotions kind of come with you and follow you. Um, so that would definitely be my first piece of advice is to not be, to have a healthy, healthy, realistic view. Mm. Um, you know, so, cause I think we can sway to opposite extremes, either thinking way too pessimistically or not being very realistic in our, in our thoughts. So my first piece of advice would be just that it is yes, very exciting. Also very terrifying. And then I think my second piece would be uh, being honest with yourself and how you're feeling and your emotions because it can be really easy for us to try to cover things up or put on a facade of how we think we should feel and how we believe that we need to come across to other people for. Um, so just being authentic with our, with our emotions and realizing what we need and um, being open to that. And then I guess my third piece of advice would be that it's up to you to put your roots down. Mm -hmm. You know, community isn't going to come find you. You need to seek it out yourself. And so that's a, that's an intentional choice that you need to make is deciding, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm going to establish my roots here. I'm going to, I'm going to really dig in here. Mm, yeah. I think that's so good. I, I think concerning your, your, one of your earlier points, it is so easy to feel super optimistic and then be severely disappointed when things don't happen the way that you feel like they should. Absolutely. And that, that fall is a hard to fall. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I can relate to that. I, I had my own timeline. And then when it was not met, I was severely disappointed. And in fact, the very first time I moved, when I moved to Columbia, I wanted to move back home within a year. Mm, yeah. So when you moved to Charlotte, how long did it take you to feel confident in your community? How long did it take you to feel like this is where you belong? Well, that's kind of a two-handed question because there was something inside of me that really felt like this was where I was supposed to be. Yeah. But I didn't necessarily felt, feel like I belonged either. So, you know, I always had this general sense of, you know, Charlotte's where I'm supposed to be right now. But it wasn't until really until almost a whole year after, probably September of 2014, that I really felt like I had people around me that I could trust, that were for me, and a community that I felt that I could be authentic in. Hmm. So let's take your life the way it looks now. What about your life Surpri would have surprised you at age 22 when you're in the pit of feeling lonely and all the other emotions that you might have felt? Yeah, that's a great question as well. I think almost all of it, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, to look at my life now, I never would have thought that, 
you know, I would be married and have the life with Kieran that I do have. Uh, you know, I met Kieran in the end of September, beginning of October of 2014. And that's something that I never would have fathomed to happen when I first moved here and, uh, to meet my husband within a year. Right. Uh, that was something that I really never, never dawned on me at all. That would happen. Wow. Yeah. Anything else you feel like would have been surprising to you? I mean, a lot of it for sure. I think the fact that my husband and I would be running a youth ministry at our church would definitely be completely and utterly surprising to me. Uh, And just the friends and community that we have, uh, just, you know, the vulnerability and the silliness and the goofiness and, um, you know, all of the, the stuff that, you know, goes along with that. I think for the majority part, I think a lot of my life currently would be surprising and almost unbelievable for me to, to really fathom at 22 years old and, you know, winter of, or uh, yeah, winter of 2013. I think it's crazy to have an understanding of the thing in the ways that you've been blessed, you know, it, and the, on the other side of risk usually lies, what I found in my life usually lies really incredible things. And when I was in the pit of feeling lonely and the pit of despair, when I moved, I was not thinking upon positive things. I didn't think that someday I would have the friends that I do now. Oh, neither did I. I had tunnel vision. I couldn't see the big picture. Right. It's hard to see the big picture when it's a struggle bus. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, oh, I feel lonely and I'm sad and I'm going to go to bed and cry myself to sleep. Oh my gosh. You think I go to bed early now? I would go to bed around 8, 8.30 (laughs) then because I just had nothing else to do. No one to talk to. I would just be in my bed by myself, just, you know, sleeping by 8.30. I I can actually relate to that. I have been down that road for sure. But, you know, even if, I think if I could go back to 22 for me and, and I would have some sort of understanding that by 20 or by 31, my life will look the way it looks now, I'm not sure I still would have signed up for all the craziness that ensued, but I can look back and say, I'm so glad that I did. I'm glad I didn't move back home like I wanted to. I'm glad my life has turned out the way that it has, because honestly, I, I can't imagine it looking any other way. And... I, we, you talked earlier about how people sometimes chase career. They'll live in a place for three or four years at a time and then they'll go somewhere else. I don't know how people do that because I just believe that career ultimately it, it's sure it has a level of importance, but it can't be the most important thing in my life or even top three things because I just, I have this firm belief that community matters so much and you attract the people that are like you. So if, I just believe if you're a good person, you're going to find yourself more often than not around other good people. And I can't imagine chasing career over having solid community because I think from at many levels, that's a more formative thing than some lucrative, high-stress job that ultimately is fleeting, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, again, this is could be a topic all in itself, right? But I think that 
you know, we were made for community. That's the way it's, it's in our DNA. It's in every fiber of our being, you know, we as humans desire and crave and thrive in healthy communities. And so if we don't have that, life just feels a little tougher than it needs to. You know, that reminds me, a couple of months ago, I was sitting outside of Two Scoops Ice Cream. My favorite ice cream place in Charlotte. Really? Absolutely. You like it more so than than, uh, Golden Cow. Yes. You like it more than Jenny's. I do really like Jenny's, but Two Scoops is not as expensive as Jenny's. That's true. You're right about that. I do like I, I like two scoops as well, except there's one flavor I do not like. Anyway, we were sitting outside. Of- <laughs> <laughs> ice cream's good too. <laughs> yeah, uh, ice cream is good. That's a whole nother podcast episode, Types of Ice Cream. Wait, is, is two scoops your all-time favorite ice Ever. cream? Like on the face of the planet. On the face of the planet. No. No. What is? So... In the town I grew up in, there is an ice cream place called Sweet Kate's. I don't know if it's still there, but that was absolutely the best ice cream ever. They had an apple pie ice cream that was the most delicious thing ever. Oh my gosh. People are going to be disappointed if they look up Sweet Kate's and it no longer exists. Sweet Kate's in, I can't remember if it was Lenoka Harbor or Forked River, New Jersey, but I don't know if that still exists. I hope it does though, because it was absolutely delicious. So is two scoops in your top five? Uh, yes. What's, is it number two? This is a tough question. I really like ice cream. Mm, that's okay. I do too. I feel that. So maybe number two. It, it very well could be two. Okay. I might be blanking. It might be three, but it's, it's, it's very highly ranked. Wait, wait, wait. You're blanking. It might be three, but you don't know what two is. Well, I feel like I eat ice cream at a lot of different places I go. So I've probably really enjoyed a time maybe in a different place that I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> Over two times or under two times a week do you eat ice cream? Uh, I would love for it to be over two, but you know, trying to be health conscious. So under two, under two. Okay. All right. There was a point in time though, in, you know, this whole, uh, 2013 me trying to be a new adult. She said, new year, new me. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't work out. Um, but (laughs) where I ate ice cream pretty much every day. By the pint? No, not entirely by the pint, but... No judgment I if did that was the case. eat a lot of ice cream. I did have a lot of dinners that were primarily ice cream. And I did eat a lot of dinners that were also only Cheez-Its. Wait, you had, did you say you had dinners that were primarily ice cream? As in, that was the entree? Correct. And then you had dinners that were just Cheez-Its. Yeah. I used to keep a box of Cheez-Its under my bed. And when I would get hungry, I would just... <laughs> Slide that box of Cheez-Its out and munch. <laughs> They're the best cracker snack. Oh, oh my gosh. You kept a box of Cheez-Its under your bed. Yeah, Kieran said we can't do that anymore. <laughs> At what point did he say you can't do that anymore? Uh, when we got married and I moved in. <laughs> so, okay, okay, all right. So he didn't let it go on for a few months. He just said... No, yeah, it was like, okay, you can't stow food under the bed. That's like not super sanitary. He is correct. 
However, you had to have known that before he put the law. Well, I mean, it was in the box. It wasn't, you know, like I was just having crackers on the carpet. Here's the important question. Was the plastic bag completely closed or was it sort of open? I mean, knowing me, it was probably sort of open, but Mm. I would like crumble it, crinkle it down pretty far. While you're in bed. So they weren't stale. You would somehow like still wrap it the way it ought to be wrapped. Yeah. I'm impressed. Also disturbed. So when we were outside, when we were outside of Two Scoops ice cream, y'all never know where this podcast is going to go on a given episode. So here we are learning truths about you. This happens every time at the table. So yeah, we're sitting outside of Two Scoops. I was with some, another group of friends and we were just having normal, regular conversation. But what I remember most was that there's this guy, there's this guy just staring us down, looking at the way that all of us were interacting. And at first I thought, why is he looking at us like that? Right, like a little defensive. Right, like, no, he's not looking at my people like that. But then when I say my people, I mean my friends. I don't mean skin color. But so he was, he was looking at, at all of us. And yeah, at first I was defensive, but then I realized that having the kind of community that I have not just with that friend group, but other friend groups. I really think that's uncommon. I think finding community that is truly for each other is rare. And when you do find it, you hold on to it. And what breaks my heart is that a lot of people go through life not having that kind of community. So even when you move to a a new place, you might have an understanding that you you want that and need that. But to actually move from a place of wanting and, and knowing that you need it to having it, that's a process. And I think for me, I would tell someone in that situation, if they're moving to a new place, don't lose heart. It's really easy to, and it's easy to judge your circumstance by how it looks right then and there. But I think if you stick with it, there's going to be progress gained. And it may not, of course, be on our timeline, or, but I've seen it happen in my life. Now, do I want to do that again? No, I have no desire to go through that again. But yeah, patience is so important. Anyway, any final thoughts you want to give concerning this topic? No, I mean, I think we covered a broad range of topics. Talking about community, we talked about Cheez-Its and ice cream and um, all of the things. But I think really my lasting thought is just how an authentic community where you can be vulnerable is just one of the most important parts to have in life, especially today. Life is hard. There's no need to do it alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think whenever we move to a new place, it's, it's natural to think that we are having to fend for ourselves and to be reminded that we don't have to is a, a really freeing thought and that there's always going to be people there for you, no matter what, no matter where you live. I, I believe that there is at least one other person that will be for you in that given situation. So if you have enjoyed this episode and you have questions about anything that we have talked about, feel free to email us at mydayoffpodcast at gmail.com. If it's a question for Laurel, I will forward it to Laurel. But yeah, we would love to keep this conversation going. And it's been really fun talking about all of this. From uh, two episodes ago, we talked about it. And then this is the, the final bookend of all of this. But yeah, I... It's been a pleasure, and I am ready to move on, quite honestly. This has brought up so many emotions in me that it's going to be fun talking about something else for a change. So 
Thank you for listening to this episode. Well, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Henry. Anytime. We probably have other topics to discuss based on what we talked about today. And I can't wait for that day. Would you lead us out of here? She's just looking at me. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) We'll, We'll say something else on another episode. Bye. Bye.